the whole point of working in data analytics is being able to explain information and then try to help and make sure that we're giving information that is going to be useful for the end user. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us, you the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together, and it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo, and this is The Future of Work. When we talk about equity and how to achieve it, it's often discussed in a how-to-put-it-into-practice sort of way. But what if we could track a student's equity journey even after they leave the college and enter the workforce? Our guest, Tanisha Laney, tracks data for student success at Pasadena City College, and she tells us just how we can make this type of tracking possible, as well as the many other ways to leverage data to help students make successful choices for their future. Welcome back. We are here with Tanisha Laney from PCC, Pasadena City College, one of our most talented staff members at the college. And um, we're here to listen a little bit more about her and her role at PCC. So welcome, Tanisha. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Salvatrice. You're very, very welcome. I think it's really fun to chit chat with one of my colleagues, you know, about their role and um, their impact at the college. So this is going to be super fun. Well, Tanisha, tell me, tell me a little bit about your background and your role. Sure. Like, let let yep. them know. Okay, no problem. So I have a background in marketing slash media research. I worked at entertainment companies like Warner Brothers, Discovery, MGM. I worked at E! Disney, <laughs> Lifetime. And I, I worked primarily in um, media research, analyzing ratings and doing focus groups. And I wanted to transition out of that sector. And I wanted to go into actually consumer packaging goods. And so I um, got an MBA. And then while I was getting my MBA, I just somehow fell in love with teaching. And so after I finished my MBA, I started to teach business courses at the University of Phoenix and at Westwood College. And Westwood College is no longer around. It was a, one of the four profits that went under. But I just, I love teaching. And I was applying for teaching positions at different community colleges. And then I saw a job opening for a research analyst at El Camino College. And I decided... That, that could be interesting. It was a part-time 
position and I applied and I got the job and I just fell in love with CTE. I just totally just got what it meant to be in CTE. I just really started to understand the power of community colleges and how much um, they really help the community. And I was at El Camino for about uh, almost two years and there was an opening at PCC. And I live a block from PCC. I never walk. <laughs> I'm so lazy. <laughs> and I applied for a job in CTE and I got the job. And yeah, so I've been here ever since and I love it. That's great. And for, you know, for some of our listeners who may not know what CTE is, can you share what that is? Oh, absolutely. So CTE is career technical education. And what I really appreciate about career technical education is that you can seriously change your career and go into fields that are aligning with workforce demands, like, for example, nursing or um, cybersecurity. There's like a lot of different areas, construction inspection. There's a lot of different areas in CTE. And I just I, I just appreciate how it's an area that's growing and that it's an area that basically both my parents have degrees in CTE. My dad's an accountant and my mom was a registered nurse. That's so awesome. I have just like a deep love for CTE. That's so awesome. And we appreciate that so much because I know we lean on you quite a bit. Um you know, when we talk about CTE, you just, you know, you hit it, you know, you just, you just said it, you said, look, you know, CTE programs are programs in which they train basically our next wave of talent. And it's important for our CTE programs to be relevant um, so that we can get them into the jobs and the current occupations that are out there in those growth sectors. And so we, I know I lean on you a lot and I'm sure that faculty lean on you quite, quite a bit in developing their curriculum Share with us a little bit more about, you know, in which ways that you support the college leadership, i.e. faculty, or, you know, anyone really in the college to make data-driven decisions. And then is there anything that you can, like, sh share with us as an example? Oh, yes, yes. So I provide labor market information, like, you know, and enrollment data, completion, course success rate and retention rates, employment rates. And wages. And then I would have to say the most important information that I provide is feedback from our students. And, you know, that's through surveys and qualitative research. And we don't do as much qualitative research. And what I mean by that is like focus groups and then one-on-one um, -on -one interviews. But I, I mean, all of that information is so essential for you for our faculty and for our other stakeholders on campus to help, you know, make decisions. And I know, I think you remember about maybe four years ago when we initially decided on um, which programs that we wanted to fund for Strong Workforce. Yeah. I just remember that I reviewed every single proposal and I supplied most of the LMI data. And when I mean LMI, the labor market information, I have to remember not to use abbreviations. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the way of life at PCC. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And so I just remember that process. I actually enjoyed it because it was just so intriguing to look at like enrollment and completion patterns and then also to look at employment rates. 
of some of our programs that we were looking at to fund for strong workforce. And then also just recognizing if students are employed in the field of study and all of those metrics are just like so essential just for the success, not only for our programs, but for our students as well. And I just remember that the chancellor's office, when they gave us that task to just decide on which programs we wanted to fund, they were so clear about making sure that our students are placed in programs or we select programs that are going to lead students to, you know, employment and then also to livable wages. And I mean, I appreciated the fact that I had a lot of tools that I could utilize, you know, to gather all that information. The Chancellor's Office has done a really great job at just revamping the launch board so that I could, you know, look at employment information for our college, but also Mm -hmm. for some of the surrounding colleges as well. So I just, you know, it was such a great process. It was difficult because we had to make decisions about, you know, which programs we get funded and which ones weren't. But nonetheless, I, I love that process of synthesizing data and then just, you know, looking at it critically and then making decisions based on that or giving that information to people to make decisions. For sure. And, and speaking of that, you know, what would make someone a good steward of data and information what does it mean to be a good steward of data and information for the college? We have a very specific way, a very uh, formulated way by which we gather the labor market information and then submit for program review and create our curriculum. But I'm also wondering, like, what does it mean to really be a good steward of data? Like, it's one thing to actually collect it. It's another thing to, mm-hmm. to do what with it. And yes. so I'd love to hear your perspective on what it means to be a good steward. Oh, you know, and you're so right, because you're right in terms of collecting, it's one thing, but then also explaining. And then when folks have questions about it, and one thing that I really strive to do is I try to be patient and understanding with people whenever, you know, whether it's LMI data, whether, you know, I'm explaining, you know, some of the methodology behind collecting this information, I want to be as accurate and also as patient as possible. Sometimes I have to provide additional information just so that everyone feels comfortable with making sure that we're selecting, you know, the right programs and that we're moving forward in the right direction. So it's really on me to make sure that I'm accurately explaining information and then also, most importantly, being accurate with whatever data that I give because I know that there's a lot at stake. It's a lot at stake for us as a college, and then it's a lot at stake for our students as well. So I just want to make sure that I always have accurate information and that I give the most thorough information as well so that, you know, it's enough for us to make decisions. Are you noticing any particular key trends in your academic research? And is any of it, do you think, ties back to really program development for the future? of work? I mean, so two-part question, but really interested in hearing about, you know, any key trends that you're even seeing with with academic research? Well, one thing that I'm noticing more is equity. A lot of community colleges are starting to really analyze equity gaps. And at the level of employment and wages as well. So before it was more, we would look at equity gaps for course success rates or for completion rates. But now what's great for, you know, the work that we're doing together, 
we're taking it a step further where we're looking to see are there equity gaps after students complete in terms of like their income the first year after they exit the college. And so one thing that I'm seeing is that there are some equity gaps. So some of our students are not making as much money as other students of other ethnic groups. So that's one of the things that I see now. And I think a lot of other community colleges are seeing that as well, where we're just, you know, we're looking at, okay, what about employment rates? Are there certain groups that aren't finding employment as fast as other groups? And then also with being employed in the field of study. So I, I've seen some equity gaps in that metric as well. And that's extremely important because after a student leaves, we want them to be employed in, you know, in the area that they were trained in. And because CTE programs you know, traditionally are very expensive for colleges, we want to make sure that there is a return on the investment, not only for the college, for the community, but also for the student as well. So another thing that I also see is more dashboards. So I think with most community colleges and for us as well, we want to make sure that our data is accessible and it's easy to understand. So I want everybody to, you know, visit our website and just be able to just go through data. And I just feel like it shouldn't be really a hard process. So I see that trend where there's a lot more Tableau dashboards and we're really looking at we're disaggregating by ethnicity and gender because we want to you know make sure that we're addressing you know any equity gaps that are happening right now. Now when you say when you say more dashboards what are the current dashboards that we have and it showcases what exactly and what more do you think that we need what more does PCC need in terms of research and data collection like should there be something we should be studying? Okay, yes. So right now we have dashboards for course and course success and retention rates for equity, for credit, and for non-credit. So we have information at the course level. And so what's so great is that the launch board has developed an amazing interface dashboard where we can look at equity gaps for our students that are exiting the college with income levels and then also with employment. And then also in terms of like students that are making livable wages and then students that are employed in the field of studies. All that information can be disaggregated by gender and ethnicity. And then also we're working on developing a dashboard for the information that we get from MZ. And so one of the tools that we use is called Alumni Tracker, where we can actually see what happens after students leave the college in terms of like, where are they working? Are they working at Kaiser? Are they working at, you know, different studios? All of that information is just vital and it's actually useful for your team, Salvatrice, especially as we're looking to really expand our work-based learning components. And that's not something that's currently available. That's coming up. Yes, that's coming up. Yes. Okay. So Alumni Tracker, we have that, but it's it's sort of, you know, with MZ, we have like a certain amount of IDs that could be used around college, across the campus, but we want everybody to be able to access that information. So we're currently developing a dashboard of all of the data from Alumni Tracker. 
That's really neat. That I'm yeah. excited about that. I can't wait to I see it too. because that's going to inform so much mm-hmm. around, like to your point, around the work of future occupations as well mm-hmm. and work-based learning experiences, including internships and job placement, things like that. Yeah. But there's a lot of work that's being done there and, and your work is incredible. I can't, I can't emphasize enough how much our college leans on your expertise and we thank you so much. And you're, you're in the trenches with the data analy- analytics, obviously. What are you seeing as potential emerging trends within industry? Anything specifically that you're seeing um, a direction that we're headed? It's really hard. And, and this is an unfair question. I know that because we're in the middle of a pandemic. But, yes. you know, uh, is there anything that kind of peeks out at you that's that's that you're saying look PCC we really ought to be focusing on this particular sector this particular growth area you know so I would have to say healthcare right now but it's interesting because of course registered nurses and LVNs but also health home care aides so mm. I think when we talked a little bit about, we just, we we're working with MZ right now to develop a program gap analysis. And so basically we're looking at the completion rates of some of our programs, and then we're aligning that information with job openings. So one of the things that we saw was like just a lot of opportunities for our some of those like CNA, home health care aides. And so the tricky thing about those occupations are the wages. So sometimes the wages could be a little bit low, but sometimes it's, it's just, it's good for folks to get back, back to work. Cause I mean, right. Yeah. I, yeah, right now it's, it's sort of, it's a lot of people were laid off and you know, it's, it's tough out there right now, but that yeah. seems to be the area where we've seen the most growth, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen this, but I was just wondering, just based on my background in entertainment, that there's a lot more people at home, of course, and we're watching more TV. So I just, I'm thinking what will happen in that sector in viewing habits, production, you know, what exactly is going to happen? Because we're consuming a lot more TV. I know I am. <laughs> More than I ever had, so I, I, I'm interested to see how how that's going to go in the next in the next couple of years. Because I could just see, just based on what's happening with Netflix and other streaming services, I could just see just an increase in that. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because we just had not too long ago a industry advisory committee, Ooh. specifically in in entertainment, and they said they can't keep up with the work like they've got yeah they just can't keep up and we are gonna see to your point so your your prediction is correct (laughs) is that we are gonna see a huge spike in occupations within entertainment Mm -hmm. and digital media design in the next you know i would say in the next quarter Mm. because they are you know they couldn't stress enough how important and the gap, really the talent gap, you know, yeah. and, and one of them said, and I can't remember who said it, but they're just like, you know, we can't hire fast enough because, yeah. but the challenge is, is hiring the right folks. And what was really refreshing to hear 
is just to underscore what you just said about uh, looking at through hiring through the lens of diversity and equity, yes. and, you know, and having access to, to these positions. And so it was really neat. It was really neat. They were taking a, a, a very calculated approach on talent development and talent curation. You know, we heard a lot of that too in our future of work conference that we just had. I'm glad to hear that industries are, you know, looking at occupations through the lens of DEI and, yes just as just as we should be building right our programs that help industry understand that you know we've got these gaps and so thank you for sharing that earlier and and you are a predictor so (laughs) you were on it for sure yeah yeah you know consumers you know we have a lot of power in terms of like you know we can really curate like you mentioned we can curate whatever we want to watch we can watch something on facebook on netflix mm-hmm. and something on cable and we can watch this off from our phones now and so like you know 10 years ago that was unheard of but now we can watch them anywhere we from our phones so yeah so i hope that you know i really hope that happens because we have so many talented you know students on this campus and some of them don't know that you can be a sociology major you can be an anthropology major and go into entertainment you know yeah. it's just a matter of having a vision and just really making sure that you work hard because you will work hard in that industry <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's, it's that industry where, you know, you work, uh-huh. you work hard. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I think, too, I mean, I mean, you also bring up a good point in that, you know, it's important for higher, for, it's important for higher ed, any institution really, to share with the student the possibilities. Who would have known that just you're some, you know, an example that you just gave, anthropology, if you're an anthropology manager, you can still get a job in entertainment. And you're like, well, how does that work, you know? Oh, yeah. So again, it underscores the importance of when we're building our programs that we are partnering with you and your area to really do a deep dive on like, okay, where can this possibly go? Mm -hmm. And what are the occupations that we can explore that meet our interests? And I would say that we have, and I'm I'm not, I might have a little bit of bias, but you know, we, (laughs) you know, we have some of the tools to do some career exploration. You want to share a little bit about what tool we have that students or basically anyone can go in and go on our site and explore. Oh yes. Career coach. It is, Oh, it's a great tool. And I am, I try not to be, I I love MZ. I'm like, I'm, I'm like buddies (laughs) with everybody there. And what's so great about career coaches, like you said, anybody could go onto our website take an assessment. So there's two types of assessments you can take. One is like about, I believe it's like about six questions, or you can take a, a, a longer assessment. And then based on those results, you're directed to different programs and careers that would be, you know, of interest to you. What's so great about that information is that someone, after they do the assessment, they can create a profile, they can build a resume. And um, yeah, that's awesome. And so on the back end, (laughs) we have all that information so we can reach out to those, you know, to any of the people that go onto our website that do the assessment or um, start looking at any of our, I mean, programs. Yes. It's so easy to navigate. And like I said, it takes about maybe to complete the six question assessment. It might take like a couple minutes. Yeah, it doesn't take long to do. 
but it's it's an amazing tool that we have and yeah they mz just it gives us so many great tools that you know we can use to just inform our students our faculty and then our administrators yeah and we're seeing too uh, you know fortunately and unfortunately right like we're seeing a spike in our adult learners that are coming back right we have mid-career folks that unfortunately with the pandemic you know are being forced to change careers and so i encourage anyone who is listening who's in that place to you know, please log on to our, our site and, and do this assessment, do this career assessment and see where where you might have a shift in your career right now and what occupations align with that career choice. So thanks for sharing that. Yes. And for a student or anyone who's really listening that has an interest in data and research, what advice would you give them? Well, Of course, those analytical skills are extremely important, but one of the things that attracted me to just media research, marketing research, and research in general is that you have an opportunity to be creative and um, analytical. And I I just, I I love using both sides of my brain, (laughs) my right and my left brain. I'm just that kind of gal. And I would say that with research data analytics is to just really be adaptable because you will interface with so many different people and you just have to explain information, which is key because we aren't computers. We use computers, but the whole point of working in data analytics is being able to explain information and then try to help and make sure that we're giving information that is going to be useful for the end user. That's one of the things that I always strive for. And and that's one of the things I would say to anybody that wants to go into data analytics, be adaptable. And it's always great to have extremely strong listening skills because Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to decipher or direct people in the right direction in terms of like what data they really need. Sometimes that happens, but being adaptable, of course, analytical skills, communication skills, and, you know, listening, listening to what <laughs> the needs are. And that seems, those skills seem applicable to any career, basically, yeah. right? I mean, right? It's like listening, being adaptable, especially now, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. right now, resiliency and adaptability yes. are two really key things that um, each and every one of us are having to we're, we're have we're, it's, it's actually kind of being forced out of us, right? Because we're mm-hmm. having to adapt. We're, well, we're being a little uncomfortable. So when we're uncomfortable, it pushes us to be more resilient and more yes. adaptable. So yes. thank you for sharing that. And so what's up for, with you? Like what's next for you in your career? I, I love, I, I really love what I'm doing. I, I, I really want to see how things unfold with the current economic situation that we're in. I want to see how we're going to respond as a college and how I could help with that. And I feel like, you know, you guys are doing such an amazing job and I love helping you guys with all of the different projects that you're having and, and that you're doing. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what we're going to do with this, this program gap analysis that we are doing with MZ and then how we're going to use the launch board to really help inform some of our decisions and how 
our leadership, and you're part of that leadership, what direction the college is going to go in. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm just waiting patiently to see what direction and how we're going to respond to everything. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's 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 we're definitely again, we're definitely kind of teeter tottering mm-hmm. around a lot of issues that, you know, are influencing our decisions. And, and there's so many variables too. I mean, typically we see in a recession or, or in a situation that we're in now, which is quasi recession, quasi other yeah. things, <laughs> there's so many, you know, mm-hmm. like, where do we start? Um, but typically we see an uptick in community yes. college enrollment and we're not seeing that. You know, there's there's lots of variables as to why our enrollment numbers are fluctuating. Yeah. But I project, I I really do project that in mid 2021, we're going to see a huge spike. I hope so. I think that dust is going to settle, and folks are going to have to be making some really tough decisions around them yeah. in their career. And sometimes, yeah. you know, we just have to make some of those changes. But thank you so much well, for spending you. time with me. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I look forward to navigating those dashboards that we'll have in the, in the show notes. And mm-hmm. I also look forward to the alumni, um, <laughs> right? The alumni yeah, dashboard right? Yeah. And the, the gap analysis, yes. uh, which all yes. this stuff is going to be on our site. Well, thank you so much, Tanisha, for spending the time with me. I know you are a very, very busy and in demand team member. And I thank you so much. And if we have folks who are listening that would like to reach you, what's the best way they can reach you? They can reach me by email at tlaney at pasadena.edu. Fantastic. Thanks again, Tanisha. Appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you. So great to chat with you always. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform so you can easily get new episodes every Tuesday. You can reach out to us by clicking on the website link below in the show notes to collaborate, partner, or just chat about all things Future of Work. We'd love to connect with you. All of us here at the Future of Work and Pasadena City College wish you safety and wellness.